again, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Jason Powers again today. Uh, I gotta try to kick on another thing. Um, so again, we're gonna discuss some um, connections and uh, detailings of various um, stories in the media. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I was trying to go back and review some things that have gotten overlooked with our current uh, situation because uh, we have a um, significant authoritarian push by one particular party across the board on various things. So um, I think we all know who those people are. Uh, right now it's the Democrats because they have uh, the levers of power in their uh, favor and they're trying to uh, ramp up any and all ideas of things that they want to push through on uh, election. They even they've laid out their game plan. They said they wanted to do it on multiple fronts or multiple vectors. This is a military campaign against your rights, and responsibilities are on us to uh, stop that at least at the local level. As far as uh, uh, for example, last night I was listening to a lady who's a constitutional lawyer. And she was talking about what we need to do at the local level in terms of uh, applying our rights, our property rights, uh, being able to uh, set up initiatives to push back against, uh, you know, federal seizing of power um, and seizing our, our rights in terms of, for example, you know, if they come in and say uh, we're required to do certain things. Uh, that the community should, should try to support that business and keep it afloat because this is what this has been all about. This is about a seizing of a seizing of all private property and uh, destroying initiatives at the local level as far as uh, your individual freedoms. Now I know that doesn't seem I know some people out there are saying you're being hyperbolic, but if you think about what's been going on at the city level and at the state and local level, uh, as far as keeping certain businesses closed down while keeping other businesses open under the guise of a, of a, this massive uh, idea that there's this massive killer disease out there, this pandemic, which, yes, there has been deaths. But I'm kind of curious as to, um, did anybody realize that some of the things that we were supposed to be able to do in terms of handling this and assessing this were not done? How many people have died because of uh, the flawed arrogance of people who uh, um, have continued to push on us, uh, foist on us these ideas that we need a vaccine, uh, that we need masks? I don't notice any, um, what would you call it, uh, preventative medicine being pushed. You don't hear them talk about, you know, uh, improving your uptake of vitamin D, zinc. Uh, using uh, a vetromycin, you don't hear about any therapeutics being pushed at all. I mean, from the media sources, and that should be worrisome to you because they should be trying to prevent you from uh, uh, getting sick at all, or even or to lessen the blow of any kind of pandemic. If medicine is advanced so far, and we know what's the underlying uh, causation, if they're really if they really understand this quote-unquote virus, you know, and when I say quote-unquote virus, yeah, it's a virus, but what kind of virus is it? And was it, was it, is it naturally occurring or was it manufactured, a gain of function? Um, those are curious questions that we haven't really investigated or some of us haven't investigated, others of us have investigated. That's the reason why I'm speaking this, this way about it. And <clears throat> I didn't want to start there, but I just, I just want to preface that uh, uh, this needs to be uh, discussed. But at the local level, when you destroy uh, businesses, there has to be a response that needs to be done at the local level from all our uh, people. The problem is, is we're so divided as a country in so many ways and aspects, and we've been pushed away from getting to know our neighbors and getting to know our fellow citizens that we we we've lost a certain tangent tangential community at least in some parts there's there's there are strong communities out there and of course the government doesn't want that 
especially if they're small, like rusty, rustic uh, towns in the United States that still, um, you know, still seek to be free, uh, seek to run their own initiatives their own way. Um, that's actually what the Constitution was meant for, uh, to be able to allow that uh, and to be be uh, very supportive of that. But over the course of time, um, those that would seek power have continually tried to push for more uh, centralization of power, and that's where we're at right now. We're at the uh, precipice of of seeding uh, way too much centralization of power to one particular party who has no intention of doing uh, uh, giving that centralization of party of uh, power back up to us. They see themselves as the saviors, and uh, you should you should be worrisome of somebody who comes to you and uh, as Reagan Ronald Reagan used to put when someone comes knocking on your door and says they're from the government you should be very worried because you know what uh, they're not there to be your friend they're there to be your enemy they're there to take away whatever it is that you have and that's what this whole situation's been about but in underneath that and we'll get back to what the the greater conversation is here um, I was looking back over some uh, interviews and or connections and we just we're going to go through those um, fairly quickly but I just wanted to preface with uh, I'm not ignoring uh, the pressing concern I think we just need to um, work on the next part of this so let me get my uh, I'm on I'm also videotaping this so I gotta get my mug offline okay so we're going to start with uh, uh, the Eric Matak uh, Matak uh, Ma- Matakis uh, radio show, and he was talking with Jack Maxey. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it play, and hopefully uh, this recording on Sprecher will uh, turn out okay. <clears throat> this is hour two. I continue my conversation with Jack Maxey. Um, Jack, you uh, through Rudy Giuliani uh, got your hands on the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop. Let me ask you, what is Rudy Giuliani doing right now? In other words, when we think about, hey, I've got this bombshell stuff, this is important to national security, it's important to all kinds of stuff, it would seem that Rudy Giuliani ought to have been able to do something with it that, that uh, you couldn't do. Uh, what, 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 what happened there? What, what do you well, suppose is going on? One of the biggest on? problems, and you pointed it out earlier, is the media is afraid. Let's remember the Bidens control all three branches of government they fired every single u.s attorney remember bill prystab and peter strock who ran counter espionage at the fbi and they were chasing a soiled mattress in uh moscow well all of this was going on bill uh peter strock's wife is now one of the heads of enforcement at the sec appointed by joe biden these are not coincidences, people. This is a concerted effort at a cover-up of incredible proportions. This Bohai Harvest company that they were involved in, the private equity company, in my opinion, was completely a front operation to purchase strategic assets inside the United States, one of which they purchased. I'm sorry, who would do the purchasing? You're talking about China? Who are we talking about? Bohai Harvest was based in Shanghai. It was funded by the Communist Chinese, and Hunter and Devin and Mr. Bolger were the U.S. representatives, okay? It's very nice to walk into a NATO country and try and purchase something when you've got the vice president's son on your elbow. When you say purchase something, purchase what? What is what? Well, private equity, what we do in private equity is we tend to purchase companies. We restructure them. Theoretically, we turn them oh, No, I know what private equity is, but why would the communist Chinese be interested uh, in this? I'm not clear on what, what they're... That's, a, that's, a, that's exactly the question that the media has to ask. Why would they be interested in giving $1.5 billion to two jokers, three jokers who have no business in the sphere? Okay, unless there was some other motive. In 2016, they bought a company in Detroit called Heineken Motors, or sometimes Hanson Automotive. Now, this company makes, uh, along with some plastic parts for cars, the real value was in that they make a dampening.
landing systems for everything from the old Buick Easy Glide to the M1 Abrams tank to the engine mounts on the F-35 fighter. Now, this had to pass CIPIS review, so Committee on Foreign Investments in the United States. This requires the State Department, John Kerry, to sign off. This requires the Director of National Intelligence to sign off. This requires the Commerce Department to sign off. This requires the Department of Defense and the Treasury all to sign off on it. They all did. Ironically, Hunter and his friends, uh, they, they uh, found out that CIFIS was going to sign off on it after the Chinese did. So obviously the Chinese have other moles inside our government. They're like, hey, we just heard we're going to get them to all sign off on it. At the same time, contemporaneously to them purchasing this American company in Detroit with significant national defense uh, connections, they tried to buy three companies inside Europe, one from Sweden, which was a uh, micro vacuum c- company, which would take vacuum technology to sort of lift a, a, a micro grain of sand and stick it in a hole so you could make things like uh, chips and weapon systems, etc. Sweden turned them down. Their CIPIS turned them down. They, at the same time, they tried to buy another two companies in Germany. One was a tungsten metal coating and fabrication company, obvious national defense issue. Germany turned them down. The third one was an electronic uh, lens manufacturer for everything from a missile nose cone to smart, smart bombs to the cell phone, and they turned them down on national security basis. Okay, so the idea is that through Hunter Biden, the Chinese have an open door to the United States of America. Yes. You're alleging that he's been very handsomely rewarded for that. Yes. And, you know, it's one thing to talk about child porn or abusing uh, women or whatever. That That's a criminal thing. We're now talking about something that directly affects national security uh, and the previous election. And so you're saying that this was, was covered up. Um, What's the new news here? In other words, th- th- this was all covered up in the fall. Um, are you uh, hoping that you can get eyes on this now, that the election's over, and that, that well, somebody will... So there you go. There's a, a little snippet. That was only... Uh, this is an hour-long interview, and I put a link in the description on uh, the Sprecher, uh audio, and I'll put it on my video later. So... You know, as you can tell, um, Maxi, you know, and I've I've looked at the documentation. Um, there was a um, typhoon investigations that was done. Uh, I know there's uh, the reporters attacked it uh, back. Uh, let's see, after it was released, uh, that uh, they were saying that there was misinformation and stuff like that. But uh, our national security apparatus has been calling all kinds of things misinformation. They called the Hunter Biden laptop as misinformation, uh, but <clears throat> they know that's bullshit. Uh, they know that their uh, uh, that their boy is caught, but the, that's the reason why they uh, buried it, and why the New York Post was censored, and why uh, if you were on Twitter uh, at the time, uh, you couldn't post um, any information on it, or if you posted certain things. And I've seen the uh, um, some of the the more uh, seedier details of this uh, laptop. It's uh, posted at gtv.org, and there's been some other articles. As a matter of fact, uh, when I first stumbled across it, it was early October, and I guess I'll put my mug back on the screen. So back in early October, um, uh, this was, well, it was being kicked around uh, states died, but it had already been uh, out in the open uh, as early as, I think, uh, middle of September, middle of late September. Now, there was a concerted push by groups tied to Trump to do this. So he mentioned Rudy Giuliani, uh, Jack Maxey. Uh, these people uh, are do work with uh, Steve Bannon. Of course, I know there's plenty of people out there that um, uh, despise uh, Steve Bannon for his uh, his viewpoints on life. Uh, viewpoints and and there was a concerted effort to smear him uh, there was a legal effort pu- pushed through the southern district of New York to uh, uh, link uh, Bannon to uh, a wall um, 
organization, uh, the building the law on the southern border, some kind of uh, dealings as far as he got roped in with some yahoos and probably some kind of six-figure amount of money that was uh, kicked back or entertained or something like that. Uh, but it's an allegation, and Trump pardoned him, of course. So we don't, we won't, we'll never know the full details. I know the Democrats out there just chomp at the bit to, to, to smear their enemies and 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 get people hung up. And let's not get, let's not, uh, not let's not be naive here. So let's just say Bannon's uh, situation is is true, just for argument's sake. So. Let's say, and it, like I said, I saw the court documentations that were filed through the Southern District of New York, which is a heavily, heavily Democratic uh, tilted district. Um, when I say district, um, they run all their they run all their uh, attack dogs through there in order to get at Trump and anybody else. This was always being done, um, uh, by the way, through the Southern District of New York and D.C. the D.C. Circuit. Um, those were two districts that they were, uh, uh, throughout Trump's time in office, they were filing lawsuits. So let's just say, for argument's sake, that uh, Bannon got a six-figure kickback. I think it was like three or four hundred thousand dollars. I think, according to the documentation I read, and that was months ago. So don't hold me to that. Um, if if the Bidens got a one point five billion dollar deal kicked uh, kicked off, and I know Hunter, and I've seen the emails where. Uh, you know, he got several million dollars. He got money in Ukraine. He got money from China. Um, he was uh, dealing with a, a guy. He got a million dollar retainer fee for a lawyer, uh, legal services for one of his billionaire uh, Chinese friends who's now gone or disappeared. So and that's that's also mentioned in this interview. I'm not going to play the whole interview, uh, but it is later on that uh, Max, he mentions that. So. When you start looking at who's doing who's doing more significant uh, disruption to our uh, country, um, are you are you more worried about a guy who made some money off of actually building a wall down on the southern border, or are you going to worry about uh, a guy like Hunter Biden who's who's uh, setting up investment deals uh, with companies that are handing over? our uh, intellectual property and technologies of the Chinese Communist Party. Just think about that a little bit. And if you say, well, this is a false equivalency, it isn't a false equivalency. I mean, one is a massive crime. They, it has multiple tentacles, and it affects you, directly impacts you too. Uh, both, of them, both of them actually impact you, but uh, actually building a wall is going to help you. This is going to destroy our country because you're handing over in uh, handing over uh, manufacturing capability uh, for example when he was talking about it, it had to be signed off by the national security apparatus uh, CIFAS or I don't know what the name of the organization is well I know when I worked for uh, uh, automotive uh, manufacturer we worked with uh, a company out of Wisconsin that uh, developed a military uh, well, we were we were sending them steering columns uh, for the Hummer, uh, for the uh, the Hummer uh, vehicle for the military. So there is a designation. It's called ITAR that has to be applied to all your prints, all your manufacturing uh, supply chain. Uh, you have to get um, approval, and they have to be uh, vetted uh, beforehand. And it's just, it's not just. Uh, a rubber stamp uh, it can be but generally there is some overview and procedural uh, who uh, extra hoops you have to jump through and this is the automotive industry uh, just like other industries there's sp uh, specifications to to whatever you do so this idea that we're just you know uh, as he he laid out very clearly a matter of fact uh, you see you notice that uh, he mentioned uh, Sweden he mentioned Germany you know, other countries in the world uh, um, saw the ruse, or saw uh, saw through the uh, through the concept of what was going on. This is what China is doing right now. They're going around the world trying to buy up resources and assets from other people, or or they're creating the the debt hustle. 
So they're doing the dead hustle in Africa. I'm, I'm going down the rabbit hole here before I get back to what I want to get to. But uh, so they come into a third world country or go into, say, Zimbabwe, for example. And they say, hey, we'll finance your uh, projects. We'll finance your uh, development program or something like that. So uh, we're willing to give you money to, you know, kick off some project that we that you want to work on and there's going to be a return on investment and you're going to, you know, pay us back and uh, pay us back the principal over time. But, you know, you'll get all these benefits from it, blah, blah, blah. Well, they do this. And of course, when you have an unstable country, such as like Zimbabwe, for example, uh, you're going to have graft, you're going to have corruption, you're going to have this massive instability. Uh, let's just say you start, start to actually get this project somehow kicked off and started and people are getting paid well what happens if like somewhere along the line somebody hijacks it you know blows it up say it's a pipeline or something and uh you know all that investment and let's just say that's just done in a nefarious manner well the chinese are still going to want their money so now you have the zimbabwe and if they're doing it with the, obviously with the zimbabwe governor uh, government they're going to say well you still owe us that money See, investors aren't going to, uh, but this is a hustle. See, because then uh, there'll also be something, there'll be some linguistic technique or there'll be some legalese in that uh, document that they signed. It says, if you fail to pay us the money, uh, we can seize other assets of your country. And, and there, uh, uh, I mean, most are smart enough to figure this out, but there are some, I mean, for example, if you're a, corrupt government official in Zimbabwe and you get paid a, uh, a, a kickback to, to push this agreement through because when you have so many things going on in a country uh, it's very easy for very corruptible people to get in positions where they can sign off or get authority to sign off uh, to pay uh, to, to make stuff like this go through because not everybody's got their eyes on the right balls at the right times and, you know, they may even make it a minor, they may even uh, uh, see it as just a minor deal, but then they didn't read the fine print. This is why you're supposed to read any entire documentation. This is another reason why I despise Democrats in particular, but both sides of Congress, both uh, all, all branches. So they'll make a thousand page bill and they know damn good and well nobody's got time to write a, read a thousand page bill um, that's going to impact their lives forever. Um, because that's what it usually is. It it has some some uh, legalese, or they they throw all their pet projects into these huge bills, and then they expect everybody to uh, par parse out this entire uh, situation. And nobody ever is going to have the time to do that. So most people are very uninformed about all the federal overreach that's put inside these these little. These bills, they're called, po I would call them poison pills. They're called poison pills from a financial standpoint. If something happens, that that, that particular thing kicks on. And it, it can be financial, it can be uh, uh, legislative, it can be uh, a little, uh, that's the reason why you see so many rejections from competent, um, I guess you could say competent political parties or political um Per persons on the other side of the bill you know when you hear oh oh well they're stopping you from getting money well people who are, are who are driven by gibbs are driven by this idea that they should get something from their government uh they're naive and and and, and blind or they're not naive and they just don't care but you're giving away your rights your freedom and then when you don't have them anymore and you say well what i get for them you got five thousand dollars that's what the government will think of you, or that's what they think you're worth. And it's just repulsive. So, okay, I got off on my soapbox there. Um, so, yeah, you don't, want to, you don't want somebody selling you out. Um, so the next little bit here is tied to the Gates Foundation. Um, the reason why is because he's tied, he, he isn't tied, tied to many, many of the people that you would find in the um, I guess you could call it the the Epstein, uh, Bill Clinton, and the Clinton Foundation, uh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm clicking on the map right now, and so but we won't go down the 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 personal route. But 
For example, if you think of Gates, and uh, people say, well, what's he got to do with hydroxychloroquine? Well, he has a lot to do with it. For example, I'm going to zoom up here a little bit. So, for example, he's connected to uh, hydroxychloroquine through the fact that uh, he, uh, he runs an uh, outfit called the IHME, which is the, your um, data analysis uh, that was done. <clears throat> when I say data analysis, that's a modeling uh, outfit. It's a whole website. He invested like $300 million into this website. And they're the ones that were giving projections on uh, the amount of, uh, what do you call it, deaths that were going to take place under this pan pandemic. And they also were providing a host of other uh, data. So they were presenting false information on hydroxychloroquine. And that's a big deal. I mean, we just know that. And the reason why I say they were presenting false information because they were referencing a study. Uh, it was a retracted study that was done by three particular doctors that I'm highlighting. A guy named uh, Patel, Mandy Mendra, and uh, Sapin Desai. These are all, um, as it so happens, they all are from India. Uh, two of them are related to each other. They're uh, brother-in-law, Patel and uh, Sapin. And the reason why Sapin is a big deal is because he happens to be, he was the CEO of Sur Surgisphere. Surgisphere was this uh, fly-by-night company that was providing d uh, data. And I don't have my mic on line. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so for this video, I forgot to uh, kick on the mic. Uh, that's my apology. So we'll back up here real quick uh, for my uh, non-Sprecher uh, audience. So anyway, um, the the hydroxychloroquine was connected uh, back to uh, various uh, people. Uh, it's connected to Rick Bright, who's connected to the FDA. And the FDA, by the way, was uh, instrumental in uh, stopping hydroxychloroquine early on because... Uh, they didn't give it the emerg emergency authorization uh, usage. Uh, Rick Bright uh, in late March uh, became a big uh, player in this because of a letter he wrote. And it turned out he was complaining about you know payment and what his position was. But getting back to the retracted study, we were dealing with you know, these three doctors and one of them, Mandeep Mandra, is connected to Bright, uh, Bright, Brightham and Women's Hospital. And they received, uh, he's a director there of uh, heart, um, uh, I guess you say cardiology there. So anyway, um, Brightham received, a, uh, received approximately a uh, $5 million um, Gates grant in March of 2020. Now, that didn't go directly to, to this doctor. It went to the hospital. But he works there. And then these three these three doctors, or MDs, uh, were on the retracted paper for hydroxychloroquine, of which one of those doctors were, worked as the CEO of Surgisphere. And Surgisphere was, like I said, a fly-by-night company, uh, which only had about, you know, had like a handful of employees, including a science fiction writer. And uh, they were... I went to their, I have a LinkedIn, their LinkedIn disappeared, their Twitter presence disappeared. This was in late June, um, maybe, maybe even earlier than that. Um, so it goes to show you, and then because of that, hydroxychloroquine became a hot topic. And, you know, so you had the Association of American, uh, American uh, Physicians and Surgeons who filed a lawsuit up in Michigan, I think it was. Uh, against the FDA, they had Dr. Harvey Risch that uh, did analysis and said that hydroxy was a you know a good working medicine. It works. It isn't just it doesn't work by itself. Hydroxy is kind of like a um, like the gun, and uh, zinc is like the bullet. So obviously you got to have uh, we got to have them impaired. And there's other and there's other um, uh, uh, what do we call it? therapeutics out there in terms of of assisting in addressing some of the problems that people were having. 90% of the people that, that have passed away due to uh, 
approximately 90% of the people that have uh, passed away due to uh, COVID-19 had some kind of obesity. Either they were overweight or obese and they were older. So you, you take older, you take the age factor when your immune system is getting weaker because most people after the age of 40 start losing, uh, lose, they lose muscle, they lose your, your ability to fight off colds. You just become an older person. And if you're unfit and you're overweight and you don't eat right and you don't work out and you have high blood pressure and you have uh, COPD or respiratory issues and say, you, say you've smoked at some point in your life, I mean, you got a host of things that can, can uh, impact your uh, overall health. And, of course, the people that had the most, uh, most of these things, the two or three comorbidities, were uh, highly impacted. Which kind of leads to the point, why was uh, such a disease designed? Well, it was designed, when I say it was designed, I mean, if you were going to design something, you want to design it so that it will only impact a certain portion of the population. But that'll be enough to scare everybody else. So, and you had the American Frontline doctors that came out in, I think, uh, late June or early July. And they got censored off of uh, uh, Twitter. And this was a concerted campaign uh, driven by Gates, who uh, controls many of the media. He's got his tentacles in so many media outlets. Um, As a matter of fact, he puts on Fauci and stuff like that. Believe me, he controls Fauci. Trump never controlled Fauci. Fauci was a parasite, and he'd been there in the uh, the apparatus, the NIH, and uh, the whole health and human services apparatus for he well he he, he uh, Fauci for example he was hired in like 1969 so he'd been there forever and he became I think the head of the NIH in like 1984 so he's been there for time immortal so. Anyway, uh, for example, Dr. Vladimir uh, Zelenko was the one who, who in April had uh, started tweeting about hydroxy. So they were, they were therapeutics as early as April. Uh, actually, I remember Trump, he mentioned it on uh, March 20th that hydroxy should have been entertained. And that, that isn't to say that it's a, the best cure-all, but it was a mechanism. It was a therapeutic. It was something that we needed to discuss because there was a French study done in uh, March tied to hydroxy. And I'm only going down that road because I want to mention it really quickly. So, for example, Gates funds the University of Washington, which, of course, funds the IHME, which is the data modeling uh, outfit. And that's tied to to Phil uh, Welkoff, who was the director of this organization. The reason why I mentioned that, that particular person is because him, he was he uh, he co-wrote with Dr. Kevin McHugh, who is the lead researcher on the quantum dot mechanism that uh, Gates is after, which is a patented idea about uh, vaccine uh, tracking uh, that was uh, released uh, by MIT. McHugh though went from MIT and he went over to Rice University, um, and that was when the Rice University was the one that published that article based upon the quantum dot. So there's a, uh, and and so the next example I have, so the Gates Foundation funded the University of Colorado. And they funded the, or they worked with the, the Jimenez group, which um, um, the doctor there, or the, the professor, was a professor. He's not a professor of immunology or anything. He wrote an article to the Atlantic that was tied to masks. Uh, a the idea was that he said that people should shut up and and uh, not talk or sing or do anything. This is all about uh, control and manipulation, and it's very evil. But uh, he received a couple Gates uh, uh, grants uh, to assist his. He was working on vaccinations at the University of Colorado in 2013, 2014. Now, don't you think that that? I mean, people said, "Well, that doesn't mean anything." I go. If I if I pay for your research in the past, don't you think that it's very easy to get somebody to say, oh, can you write an article about this? Because I think it would be really helpful for our benefit. What? You know, wink, wink, nod, nod. I want you to do a favor for me. You don't think he would do it? 
he wrote multiple articles, but the Atlantic one was the one that was published. And it just so happened that he referenced back uh, Dr. Donald Milton. And Dr. Milton, he he gets funded through the University of Maryland. And it just so happens that if you connect that even further, the University of Maryland is also connected to, uh, oh, I forget his name. He's like one of the premier, uh, vir- oh, um, uh, from the AIDS pandemic or the AIDS epidemic. Uh, Dr. I can't think of his name. He appeared in the movie. He was uh, he was characterized in the movie, and the band played on. Um, he, he, I haven't put that on this particular thing, uh, uh, this particular graph comments, but I'm going to do that today. Anyway, um, uh, he became he was a lightning rod of controversy, but yeah, he works at the same place that Milton does, and the university. When I look when you look at Gates, he's got his tentacles in all the educational. Uh, aspects of this uh, situation you know he sends money all over the country and I know people say well he's just trying to do the best for education well actually uh, he he doesn't so for example for example uh, there was an article uh, multiple there's been multiple articles so he was uh, Gates was part and partial to your common core uh, program that got launched so this is going back a few years but uh so the Washington Post had did an interview with Bill Gates in 2014, and it told the full story of the origin of the Common Core state standards. Now, if you know anything about our educational system, you know that it's been degrading for many years. Um, I had actually did some analysis or found some analysis talking about how they've watered down the SAT, uh, watered down standards, and Common Core, the state standards, well... When Gates took over, uh, tried to uh, insert his uh, ideology into uh, our uh, educational system in the 2010s, you know, he got Arnie Duncan, the Secretary of Education, on board. And let's see, for example, Secretary of Education Arnie Duncan and other friends of the CCSS insisted that the standards were developed by governors, state superintendents, education experts, and teachers. No, they were developed by David Coleman, formerly of McKinsey, now CEO of the College Board, and a committee whose members included no working teachers but a full complement of testing experts from the ACT and SAT. Google, uh, Google Dave Coleman, an architect, and you will see that he is widely credited with shepherding the CC, uh, CCSS to completion. It would not have happened uh, without the enthusiastic support and funding of Bill Gates. Leighton writes, On a summer day in 2008, Gene Wilholt, director of the National Group of State School Chiefs, and David Coleman, an emerging evangel- evangelist for the standards movement, spent hours and built Bill Gates' sleek headquarters near Seattle, trying to persuade him and his wife, Melinda, uh, uh, Melinda to turn their idea into reality. So, he was smoozing up to the, uh, Gates to provide him some money, and Gates, being who Gates is, you know, he doesn't let a deal go by without uh, uh, interjecting as much of whatever poison he can in, into a situation. So they were talking about all the the state standards and whatnot. I'm not going to read this whole thing. So the Bill and Melinda Gates didn't just bankroll the development of what uh, what became known as the Common Core State Standards. With more than $200 million, the foundation also built political support across the country, persuading state governments to make systematic and costly changes. So, of course, so you become the de facto organizer. Uh, Let's see, what else can we read here that's uh, interesting? Money flowed to policy groups on the right and left, funding research by scholars of varying political persuasions who promoted the idea of common standards. Liberals at the Center for American Progress, that's always a fun one, and conservatives affiliated with the American Legislative Exchange Council, who routinely disagree on nearly every issue accepted Gates' money and found uh, common ground on the common core. So there you go. See, the problem is money Money talks and bullshit walks, but money also buys people's, i.e. people who say they're committed to their principles will suddenly give it up if you give them enough money. 
So all it is with this goes both ways, and Republicans show that they have no principles that aren't uh, viable if you give them enough money. I, it's uh, and this is what liberals probably complain about the most. It's like, well, you don't have any standards or moral principles either. Now, those are the the people that are up on Washington on the Capitol Hill. That's that's who uh, is viable, probably because and and they know it too, and that's the reason why they they keep their mouth shut when uh, certain circumstances go on because they know that the they can they'll be outed for what they are, which is their money grubbing, money grubbing and corrupt people too. That's why I said this isn't about this isn't about necessarily Democrats or Republicans. I mean, uh, like I said, I've been saying lately, uh, Democrats stab you in the front, while Republicans will stab you in the back. Uh, but I, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I would prefer not to be a party either party. And and no, I at this point. Even though I I supported Trump, I don't necessarily support him. The only reason why I support him is because of the way he was attacked. Um, not the only that isn't the only reason, but that was one of the main things, main thrusts for me to be more and more aligned with him was was because, irrespective of, of how you looked at him, if you're getting attacked from all sides, eventually you have to start thinking, why is there such an impetus to stop him from digging into the dirt that is D.C. I wonder why, you know, <laughs> probably because uh, if you really knew what your government and your media is doing to you and your educational systems and your uh, uh, justice systems are doing to you and how they're taking away your rights and freedoms, you just might realize that. If anything, if you anything you gained from the entire four years that was Trump, he exposed to you. And if you open up your eyes, you will realize how deep and dark this this situation goes. And the problem is, is we're, we're run by a nation of, I mean, uh, they have psychological issues. And it may be narcissism, it could be psychopathy. You know, there are people out there that don't like to go to that. But when it gets down to it, I mean, uh, I noticed that people don't have any problem calling uh, Adolf Hitler a, a, a malignant narcissist <laughs> as far as of uh, psychological description. Uh, why, what makes anybody think that the people that are in D.C. who have been there for 20 and 30 years and have accomplished nothing aren't the same, same effing way? So you got to start looking at that. So here's the final results there, though. The results were astounding. Within just two years of the 2008 Seattle meeting, 45 states and the District of Columbia have fully adopted the Common Core state standards. So in 2010... 2010 became a uh, hallmark year for our United States uh, as a country because if if anyone wants to, uh, the reason why, not only did you have uh, health care be hijacked by the ACA, you had education being hijacked, and this was the, uh, the uh, lesser known story, but it flows from this, and there's been analysis been done that there was a significant amount of... Uh, Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, there was a significant amount of uh, <clears throat> uh, interjection of race into our school. And I'm just going to just call it like I see it. Um, I think uh, Bill Gates had a, a substantial, substantial amount of uh, connection to that. Um, part and parcel. Because uh, the results of this program have been reprehensible. So, uh, for example, this article goes further. And this, is, this was written by an educator. Her name's uh, Diane uh, Ravich. So she wrote it in late 2019. Test scores on the NAEP and the international tests have been stagnant since the rollout of Common Core. Teacher morale is down. New entries into teaching down, test scores flat, achievement gaps are larger. Edu-entrepreneurs edu, edu, edu enriched, testing industry happy, tech industry satisfied, disruption achieved. So that's, that's her quick uh, on that. So next up, Fauci shares a stage with top CCC, CCP official. 
endorses China's COVID-19 propaganda. This is written by Jordan uh, uh, Chattel, or uh, Chattel, I can't pronounce his name. And my voice is getting tired <laughs> already at 45 minutes. So this past week, Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, shared a platform with a Chinese Communist Party health expert and went largely under unreported by any Western media outlets, which of course is the typical rule. That was on Mar He wrote this on March 9th. So they did a, uh, a the Chinese guy was uh, Dr. Jean Nashan, a top expert, uh, which he would be like the National Health Commission, who's been described as China's Fauci. Oh boy. <laughs> so, in, in his comments, uh, Jean hammered the Trump administration in America in general, but praised the Biden administration for rejoining the WHO. Which a WHO, of course, is run by, which is tied, tied back to Mr. Gates. Uh, he's the largest funder. Per, he's, he funds the, the, the WHO or WHO to a much larger degree than any other, uh, well, definitely any other private citizen in his organization. And, of course, the WHO is tied to Tedros, who's tied to Xi Jinping. And uh, the, the Communist Party is running, running their propaganda through WHO. Um, and um, it should be noted that that isn't the only connection. So Xi Jinping, who, who obviously is heavily involved with WHO, and uh, his, uh, his um, former, uh, I guess you could say, mentor, Xi Jinping, uh, has a grandson that works uh, works uh, or actually coordinates and act, operates and controls Wuex Aptech, which Wuex uh, Aptech, if I can get this moved on the screen here, um, let's see here, uh, okay. Wuex Aptech is a private comp uh, a company that funds a outfit called Schrodinger which uh, Bill Gates uh, also is heavily invested in. Like he owns like 13% of it, and I don't know how much. I don't know what the the amount of shares of WuX is in in this particular Schrodinger. But as it just so happens, the WuX Aptech their uh, their private um, their private industry was funded by the Soros Fund. So it just goes to show you how deep the rabbit hole goes when you start looking at who's who's connected to what and what they're connected to. And uh, Wuex Aptech also funds Gates Ventures LLC. So there's a significant amount of um, overlap in what's going on around the world, and we just don't know about it. And, and this is what's so dangerous uh, when you start looking at how far and how deep the rabbit hole really goes and how dangerous it is to our country. And I'm just saying... Not only is China an existential threat to this country, Gates's uh, Gates's investments in this country are an existential threat, because this guy wants to run this entire country. He buys uh, farm farm. He wants to run education. He's like Thanos. He's just trying to get the Infinity Stones that are the United States of America. He wants to own all our. I mean, Microsoft has a monopoly, basically a de facto monopoly on all our technology. I don't know anybody that, I don't know very many people that don't run some kind of Microsoft office system on their on their computer. And like I said he's the largest farm owner in the United States, individual private farm owner, which should be interesting to most people. And we don't know why he's buying up land and how much more he's going to buy up and is he holding it for somebody else? As I just showed you, he's he he was behind the Common Core, which he's you know has uh, degraded our educational system in the past decade alone, and probably has introduced uh, elements of racism and and uh, toxic the amount of toxicity into our society that we don't need. So just those three things alone, um, I have a feeling he wants a lot of other things too. He's I think he's looking. We already know he's deep into our health system with the vaccines. So there's four there's four vectors right there. I mean, what else do you need to know about Bill Gates to know how evil this guy is deep down inside? Because anything he touches 
All he's looking to do is exploit it, get power and control, make money, and push his ideology. Uh, people that are truly philanthropic want to, uh, honestly, you you uh, invest in something and you just get the hell out of the way. But uh, maybe I'm just asking for too much. And I'm going to finish off with this because I've already gone pretty long. So the Department of Health in the UK got a, uh, a 90 pound deal, 90 million dollar, um, 90 million pound deal uh, with the firm listed in Chinese as a hotel room. <laughs> hotel room. So the Department of Health, uh, the DHSC, signed two PPE deals worth more than 90, uh, 90 million pounds with the state-backed Chinese firm listed at a hotel room in Beijing, newly public, published documents so a show. And this was published by Metro. But... Um, I'm not going to go into the entire thing, but just think about that. Now, um, Gavin Newsom out in uh, California did a uh, $990 million deal with a company called BYD that's out of China. And it had been, uh, prior to uh, the, the pandemic, it was listed as a, I think, a bus company or a uh, bus part manufacturer or something along that lines. So... You need to really start thinking if you're out there listening. If anyone is, you need to start thinking about who, who's who's running, the, pulling the strings on our society, and how dangerous these people are, because uh, they're they're willing, they're they're literally poisoning our countries. In this case, the UK and the United States, and they're doing it out of spite. These the 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 Chinese are doing what the what they think the British did to them in the 1840s. They they're they have a they have an elephant memory, and they want to get back at the the British Empire. They want to get back at basically the American Empire uh, for any any slights that they feel are necessary. That's your CCP. That's how evil these people are. Uh, they uh, and Gates is you know um, is I don't know. I think he's G's. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I think he's G's uh, right hand man. Um, I don't know how deep their relationship is, but I don't really want to know. But uh, I'm going to leave it at that because I think I've gone too long already. But uh, I appreciate your time and uh, thanks again.